There was a famous American author who was deaf, uh, blind. Her name was Helen Keller. And she said this, The best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched. They must be felt with the heart. It is true, the really beautiful things in life, you don't see them with your eyes. You have to feel it with your heart. That's why people close their eyes when they enjoy the beautiful things. They want to taste it rather than seeing it. I think our faith is like that too. Faith is not to accept what you see. Faith is to accept what you don't see. You believe and see. Not that we see and believe. The order is the other way. We first believe and then we will be able to see it. Once Thomas doubted about Jesus' resurrection, and this is what he said, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in, the, in his side, I will not believe. He demanded to see before he believed. And Jesus said to Thomas, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Faith is not to believe what you see, but what you cannot see. That's why the Hebrew writer defined faith in this way. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith is the conviction of things not seen. With eyes of faith, we accept what we cannot see. St. Paul confessed in this way, we look, not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. I mean, these great people are so different from us. St. Paul and all Helen Keller, all these people, they were able to see what cannot be seen. What ordinary people cannot see, these people were able to see. The beauty of being able to see what you cannot see is that you find treasure in life. I mean, what we see in the world, in our life, is only 10%. 90% of the life that we are experiencing is what we cannot see. But if you, only, if you live only seeing what you can see, you're living only 10%. But when you're able to see what you cannot see, you can find the pre uh, treasure. You can find the beauty in life. Because beauty is hidden 
in what we cannot see. For example, our outer nature, no matter how beautiful you are, you may be, as you get older, uh, belly comes out, and the hair gets gray, and you get wrinkles. Your outer self is naturally wasting away, no matter how much I try. So I don't like to get taken pictures anymore. So I run away whenever people uh, put camera on me. I run away because when I look at mirror, sometimes it's okay. But when I look at picture, it comes out exactly as it is. That's why I don't want to see it. So our outer nature, you can see it so clearly. You are wasting away. You are being wasted away. Every year is different. When you get to near 60, you will experience that. When you're in 20s, it's okay. 21, 23, you're still beautiful. But when you become 60, 61, 62, it makes so much difference. But, but it's important. <laughs> but, St. Paul saw the inner self. Inner self is what you cannot see. Inner self is being renewed day by day. He saw that. He saw what, can, what cannot be seen. He saw the inner self being renewed day by day. And also the house that you built on this earth, no matter how beautiful you may, might have designed, after 10, 20, 50 years, it becomes decayed and destroyed. St. Paul saw that. But the, when earthly tent is destroyed, he saw what cannot be seen. That is the home in heaven that you can never destroy. That home, that house, not built with human hands, but built by God, will never be destroyed. That's why St. Paul said, I don't lose heart. Even though my outer nature is being wasted away, and even the earthly tent is being destroyed, I don't lose my heart because I have an inner self and also I have a home that is eternal in heaven. If we look at only what we can see, we'll lose heart. But when we see what we cannot see, we can get confidence. Last week uh, was uh, uh, particularly difficult for me <clears throat> uh, because uh, uh, one of my <clears throat> friends, actually he, he was very close to me. He's very close to me. Uh, Easter Jansanim, you know, uh, Easter Jansanim. He was not just Jandosanim. Uh, he is my golf buddy, and uh, he's a, a just wonderful man. So we spend a lot of time together. We uh, share a lot of things together. <clears throat> and then his wife uh, had a heart condition. So he was always concerned about his wife's health. Uh, so he always went home and then made sure that she was okay. And that her uh, heart, she had a heart attack about 30, 35 years ago when she uh, was giving birth. 
so she, she always, all her life, she lived with the heart condition. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, last week, uh, the, she couldn't handle that anymore. Uh, the heart uh, failure, she got three uh, heart attacks in the morning. And then when I, uh, by the time I visited her, um, she wasn't conscious. Uh, she wasn't able to uh, survive. So uh, I had a really difficult time uh, doing uh, the funeral. You know, whenever uh, we had a, you know, the staff, she really took care of us very well. She was good cook. Uh, and she always made new food and uh, let us taste it and enjoy it and all that. And so uh, I miss her terribly. But his family uh, came from Chicago to attend the funeral. And his sisters also came. And his younger sister somehow got very stressed uh, and she passed away uh, yesterday. And so I went to the hospital and I did the final rite. Uh, uh, and then they have to send that uh, body to Chicago and then they will have a funeral here. And, uh, and before he uh, can even uh, grieve for his own wife, now he has to go to uh, Chicago to grieve for her, his sister's uh, death. I mean, how can you handle that? How can you handle that kind of uh, tragedy, tragedy in your life? How can you survive? Uh, <clears throat> yesterday, I went to the hospital and then he held my hand and then he said, thank you. Uh, thank you for being uh, with me and thank you for doing the final rite for my sister. And he said, I'm out of my mind right now. I can uh, think. But um, with tears, he really thanked me. Where did he have room to thank other people? That thankfulness is faith. That thankfulness. This morning, when I arrived at a church, he was there waiting in the parking lot for me. Before he left for Chicago, he came to tell me, thank you. What a great person. I mean, he came all the way from Scarborough just to see me, to thank me. It's like a ten lepers you know, uh, getting healed and one came back and thanked uh, Jesus the same way. If he lives with only what he can see, he'll lose heart. But 
he was able to see what cannot be seen. That's why he didn't lose heart. The cross, we can see. The suffering, we can see. But the resurrection, we cannot see. The glory, we cannot see. In this life, we not only see suffering, but we also see glory. We not only see the cross, but we also see the resurrection. People who have great minds and great heart, they live seeing what cannot be seen. That's how they lived. When their situation is totally helpless and hopeless, and they cannot see anything hopeful, they saw hope which cannot be seen. They saw treasure hidden in the field when most people cannot even see that there's a treasure in the field. But they see the treasure in the field and they sell everything that they have and then they buy that field. Sometimes in life, like Jandusanim, we look around, we cannot really see what's ahead of us. It's like a foggy road. You don't see an inch, but you have to move on, but you cannot see anything because suffering is so much, the pain is so much. The sorrow and sadness, and uh, that is so much that you cannot see anything beyond an inch. That was the experience of Job. This is what Job said. If I go forward, he's not there. Or backward, I cannot perceive him. On the left, he hides. I cannot behold him. I turn to the right, but I cannot see him. Job felt total desperation. He lost his children. He lost his health. He lost his uh, possession. He lost everything in life, and then he could not see anything forward. Backward, right, or left, he could not see anything. But Job said, But, this but is important. Right after he said that I cannot see everything, he said, But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come out like gold. What a confession! What a great mind. What a great person. That's the greatness of Job. Because of suffering, he could not see anything. But God sees me. I cannot see God, but God can see me. That's what he knew. That's hope that we have. I cannot see God, but God can see me. 
there's a fire in the house. Everybody rushed out, and then the father and the mother, they all rushed out, run, 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 and they all came out, and the father thought that everybody came out. And then he looked up, and there was a son in the second floor at the window. And the father said, jump, jump. And the son said, dad, I cannot jump because I cannot see you. And the father said, but I can see you. But I can see you. That's where the hope is. We cannot see God, but God can see us. When we are suffering so much, we cannot see anything ahead of us, but God can see you. And God will bring you out. My friends, what can be seen is temporal, temporary. But what cannot be seen is eternal. Hold on to what's eternal. Don't hold on to things that are here for a while and vanish, but hold on to things that are eternal. When you cannot see anything still, you got to move on. Because God sees you. This is what Martin Luther King Jr. said in his sermon. Fly as high as possible. If you cannot fly, run. If you cannot run, walk. If you cannot walk, crawl. But don't ever sit down and give up. Move on. Don't ever stop your journey. We got to move on even though we cannot see anything in life. Let us sing together.